Hey, podcast listeners, this is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. One of our listeners asked some pretty intense questions that deal with some real issues that I know some of you might struggle with as well. Is a separation a good thing for a troubled marriage? How do you handle a spouse who's been diagnosed with a personality disorder? And could divorce actually help create a clean slate for your relationship to reboot or start over again? Answers to these questions are coming up next on Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley, along with my co-host, Seth Johnson. And we are ready to roll. And rock. Rock and roll. Man, we should totally coin that phrase. I I think it would catch on. I think it would. I mean, all the hip kids are saying it, or will say it. (laughs) Probably not. So we got this question from one of our listeners, and he actually starts off, and I'll just read it. Yeah. Does that sound like a plan? I, I like this plan. All right. So he says, Michael and Seth, he included you. Uh, it feels so nice. Hey, guys, just thanks for being inclusive. It's why I chose this one. Because I thought you're going to feel good about yourself. <laughs> had nothing to do with the quality of question. But the, the listener addressed both of us. Thank you. You know my needs. Yeah. Somehow you're now the expert, too. So after a year of separation, where I thought we were working on ourselves because she said she couldn't work on us yet, my wife has filed for divorce. She has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and says that the divorce will allow us to start with the cleanest slate possible. She seems to think this will be healthy for us and our three-year-old daughter. I disagree. I think it will breed more bad feelings and resentment that will be unhealthy to all three members of our family. I fear that this solution, quote-unquote, will lead to her attempting suicide again. I certainly don't want to cause her more pain. I don't want to be in pain. I don't want our daughter to be in pain or have a troubled relationship with either parent. What do I do? Yeah. It's tough. And, I mean, like, really well written. Mm -hmm. I mean, this sucker just, like, popped off the page. And, man, that's that's intense. Yeah. At first I read it, I thought, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, wow, man, you're. This is a rough one, mm-hmm. and I will make sure because you have to remind me to send him a link so he can actually hear this show and hear the question. Yes, we we try to remember to do that. We do, and sometimes I really mess that up. Notice I'm taking ownership. Yeah, which I appreciate. I didn't even want to tease about <laughs> trying to blame you for anything <laughs> of that nature. So, sir. Uh, first and foremost, just know I, I did. My heart ached for you immediately upon reading this, which is why I wanted to try to tackle it to the best of of my ability. And so we will try to do that. So I think for me, the first question that kind of stuck out to me was, can a separation work to repair a broken marriage? And we've talked about this. We have. 
on uh, several podcasts, and the, the beginning part of this answer is yes, but. Yes. It's an like, important but. Mm-hmm. Very important but. Uh, it has to be purposeful and a specific length of time. So it's not just this open-ended, hey, I think we just need, I just need time apart. Which is sort of what this, I, I mean, this kind of sounds like they stumbled into this separation now for mm-hmm. a year. And just in him going, and now she's filing for divorce, that's my point of if if you if you need to use a separation or you or you're thinking should i should we use separation try to heal this really troubled relationship the reason you want it to be purposeful and have a specific set or length of time is right here is mm-hmm. the problem with separation is things do calm down and things do feel on the surface hmm boy it's so much more peaceful or mm, it's just so much easier now, and and it's like this false sense of security that ah, obviously the best solution for us is divorce. Yeah, because you know it's easier. I'm not stressed out every day. I'm not you know I don't, obviously I can't think for this wife or read her thoughts, but typically that's what you hear mm-hmm. is oh my gosh. Well, because if if that's all you're doing, you you are avoiding or ignoring the issue instead of dealing with anything. So, yeah, I mean, that always works for a season. For a period of time. But ultimately, so we know, listen, folks, the research is out. Divorce is a terrible idea. Just flat out, end of story. I get it. I've said many times I'm not afraid of divorce. And when when you are up against uh, emotional or physical abuse, Sometimes, unfortunately, that is the right answer, and it will make your life better. But really kind of outside of these extreme cases, Mm -hmm. divorce is terrible. It does not make things better. It makes everything worse, and it's tons of consequences for your kids. And again, you can overcome divorce because I realize in some divorces, it's one party who wants it. Right. Right. And, And so, you know, don't just because your spouse has left you does not mean your life is now over and your children's lives will be destroyed. You you still have control of your life. But at the end of the day, divorce is stupid. It does not make things easier. It makes everything significantly more difficult. And just ask someone who's been divorced. So, you know, yeah. I mean, they'll tell you. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought I was miserable and then we got divorced. <laughs> And it was way worse. So with this, a so you Seth, you kind of said, well, yes, a separation can help, but right. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, you need to have a very specific plan of what you're gonna do while separated. Mm-hmm. And you need that how long or typically when I'm working with a couple, uh, the reason I would recommend a physical separation is when things are so out of control that they just can't function properly together. Like out-of-control arguments? and Arguments. So, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. For me, and, you know, we have the Small Marriage Intensive Program, and so, you know, we, we have couples every month that come in. And for me, I only recommend separation when either, like immediately if there is physical or emotional abuse, that for me always starts immediately with a planned separation. 
mm-hmm. because that is unacceptable. And you do not get to live with your spouse and children if you're being abusive. You need yeah. radical help, and that needs to start immediately. Outside of that, I only recommend it when the couple is so out of control with each other. And again, it doesn't have to be abusive, but yeah, if only I had video, right? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> telling you, there are times where it's it's ridiculous. They're both so overwhelmed with negative beliefs towards each other that you can't do anything. They can't have a conversation. No, they can't even have a conversation. Yeah. No, it's totally ridiculous. And they clearly need a break. And that's okay. So it, 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 again, separation can be super healthy. But when I do it, I always write out a very specific separation agreement plan. Yeah. <laughs> so I will list some items. And typically I'll have on there like some of the sort of standard things that you would need on something like this is you both have to be in individual counseling. Mm-hmm. I recommend that both of you are being mentored weekly by or discipled weekly by someone who is older and wiser and better and healthier than you from your church. That's really good. So the mm-hmm. wife needs to connect with a, a female mentor. The husband needs to connect with a male mentor. And then mentoring. And then what is it? Oh, and then usually I'll say, look, maybe the first month do your individual work. So go to your counseling individually, give each other a break because we can't even, we can't be productive. And then usually after roughly a month, I'll recommend if you're doing well and you're getting your individual stuff and you're ready, then let's start sprinkling in work together. Okay. Right. And, and I might start typically with a couple, maybe with a three month separation plan. Sometimes for circumstances, it can go longer than that. But, I mean, usually just financially and you've got kids, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go much longer than three months because a lot can change in three months. Mm-hmm. And it's that's a really long time. So during the separation, both during the part where you encourage to get into individual counseling and then even when they're back together, what do you recommend or don't recommend as far as the husband's wife interaction, personal interaction between them. So there's, there's some interaction that's inevitable. Like we said, like kids sure. and stuff like that, like you, you have to, but do you encourage them to like not communicate? I, I do encourage them to take a break. That's kind of the point, at least for that first three to four weeks, they need to give each other space. And usually when it comes down, if they do have kids involved, you need to be amicable, mm-hmm. but you don't need to hang out. You don't need to force a date night because you're probably not ready for that. And it's just going to blow up. And you're just we're trying to break this ridiculous pattern that you've gotten into. Yeah. So not only just physically being apart, but but being purposefully, purposely minimizing um, all communication. Yeah. Interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Other than things that you just have to. And obviously that that could be any number of things. Yeah. Depending on the couple. So if you're talking to a to a, a husband or wife, you might encourage them to uh, think twice about anything that you would w- want to reach out to them about. Yes. It's like, is this necessary? Yeah. Right yeah. Th- is this one of the things that we need to be able to communicate about or can this wait? Mm-hmm. So again, it can, it can work, but it has to be a purposeful tool. It needs to be one of the things you're doing to repair the marriage, not I just need space. Yeah. Cause I just need space is going to end up in divorce. I mean, that's, 
And that's what this poor guy is going through right now. Yeah, and the, even that phrase, I just need space, uh, kind of has a, a selfish connotation um, to it. And yeah. so then it's, again, it's, it's less less focused on we as a couple doing anything. It's more of like, look, I just, I, I, I need to check out. I need to not yeah. be involved. Am I doing this because I just need to breathe again? Or am I doing this because I need to breathe so that I can repair this mm-hmm. relationship? Right. It's a very different mindset. And everything you do needs to be with the end goal of reparation, of, of repairing, of forgiving, of reconciling. It can't be just to get space. It cannot be selfishly motivated. That was a very good point. What's that song from Karate Kid 2? That... <laughs> no, not Karate No, Robin Hood. That's what it was. Like, everything I do, I do it for oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everything I do, I do it for you. Sorry, that just kept popping in my head. <laughs> well, that is true, though. That's that is what I'm saying. That was a very good reference. Yeah, well, Seth is on fire. I think what was that like? N- 1993, maybe. Yeah, it could have been. Who was the singer? Who? Who? That's Brian Adams. That's Brian Adams. Yeah. Obviously, Seth is going to find this, and he'll probably play a clip at some point <laughs> during the show. So that's kind of the first part, I think, of this guy's question here, or at least an issue that cropped up for me that I know a lot of couples will face when they're really stressed out with each other thinking, well, we just need to separate. And I'm telling you, that's not the greatest idea. And you need to, you know, come to an intensive, allow one of our intensive coaches to help determine whether that would be productive for you. But then if it does seem to be needed or useful, then they can help you develop what that plan is going to look like. And then you got to honor the plan. So, and, which is, by the way, one of the reasons why I immediately start with separation in abusive cases, mm-hmm. because what that will show the victim is whether or not this abusive spouse is real about change. So, like in, in an abusive situation, I will it will always start with you have to, one you have to get out of the house immediately. Mm-hmm. Two, you need to get. In with a licensed psychologist that specializes in abuse. Mm-hmm. You need to also go, I also usually require they need to be assessed. So psychological assessments. So that'll be a part of it. Like both sides? Well, mainly the abuser. Yeah. Mainly the abuser. Because not everybody who's abusive is going to have a psychological disorder, but many will. And yeah. that will be a very important thing to diagnose because they ain't going to get better if they don't know what's broken. Right. So they have to agree to assessment and then, and then the discipleship. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the primary things. And what has been so useful about that is you'll know whether they're serious about change. And what I'll tell the victim is, listen, we have to get you guys safe, you and your children. If there's kids involved, that's the priority period. End of story. And then the best case scenario is that this moment is a turning point for your abusive spouse because they can right. get better. They yeah. can. And we want to give them an opportunity to get better. Mm-hmm. And that's what this separation will do. So if they follow and and go through with what they've agreed to do, they have an opportunity to get healing. And that's the best thing possible. You know, I mean, the family gets to stay intact and the abuser gets healing and they become healthy and they become loving and honoring and 
They're able to value you as you deserve to be valued. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Right. Uh, but it also makes it very obvious if they're yeah. not serious because they won't go get assessed. They'll agree to it, but they'll not do it. And they won't get the counseling and they won't get the discipleship. And they won't, and then you, you know, know, initiative. Yeah, you know, this is over. Unfortunately, this is going to end in divorce. So, so we kind of touched on that first question Can separation work to repair marriage? But what about like the this, this second part? So, if your spouse has a personality disorder, how do you handle it? I think this, this might be even tougher. Yeah, and because he mentions in here that she's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which I, I'm assuming here that mm-hmm. that just how he worded it sounds like she has seen a professional, mm-hmm. either a licensed psychologist or a licensed psychiatrist, and somebody has assessed her and diagnosed her with bipolar disorder. I have a really good friend of mine who's bipolar, mm-hmm. and bipolar is tough. That's, I mean, unfortunately, if your spouse has any personality disorder, and by the way, and we've said this so many times on the on multiple shows before, but I have to say it every time, you're not allowed to diagnose your spouse. Right. You're yeah. not a professional, and reading a bullet list of symptoms is nowhere near adequate <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> being able to diagnose. So, I mean, I have a Ph.D., and I don't. I'm not going to diagnose. Well, there's a link in a Facebook article. <laughs> well, Wikipedia or WebMD. Oh, man, WebMD. If they can find it on Web, <laughs> they're like, oh, I know. I'm basically an expert because I know how to search WebMD. And I found yeah. all these really. And, and it's not that that's not helpful, It kind of, but it's not helpful because you don't know what you're doing. And there's a lot of nuance to diagnosing. And I mean, I literally, I took semesters worth of classes and courses on freaking the dsm oh the dsm for diagnostic <laughs> statistical manual of psychological <laughs> disorders i don't even think i'm saying the title right because i hated that book and the whole time you're saying your your eyes just are rolling they are. In the back oh, of your head god it's, it's just minutia so i've had literal the highest level training in these things but because that's not my field of expertise Mm-hmm. So I learned how to do all of it, but that's not what I went into, right? So I didn't do my internship at a hospital or a psychiatric ward or whatever. I know that I might have a good idea of what someone has, but I would yeah. never diagnose anyone. Yeah. So you as a layperson, stop it. It's not, you don't, you cannot. My, I mean, because it, it happens all the time. People come in to an intensive they're like, my my husband's a narcissist. Really? How do you know that? Well, I read it on Google Forum, and I'm pretty confident <laughs> that Google knows everything. And I'm just here to tell you, Google doesn't know how to diagnose your spouse, and neither do you. So, but it sounds like in this case, you know, she's been diagnosed by a professional. And frankly, her behavior is very bipolar. Yeah. So I had mentioned I have a very dear friend who has bipolar and it took him 19 years from the first time someone suggested it, 19 years later, because this was recent, uh, to finally accept it. Oh, wow. And so uh, bipolar is tough. It's tough to live with. There's lots of highs and lots of lows and a lot of manic behavior and crazy mm-hmm. thoughts and invincibility and all this kind of stuff. And, and so just know if your spouse has a personality disorder, when I'm training lay people to be marriage mentors and I'll – Tell them, you know, who what, what's appropriate to work with as a marriage mentor. It's like domestic violence is out. It's not appropriate. 
and personality disorders. It's not appropriate. Of course, they're always panicking. Well, how do we diagnose? I'm like, well, do you have four years that you can give me (laughs) to learn how to do that? No. Then usually what I'll tell people is the red flags you look for is chaos. It's chaotic. Yeah. I don't know if you know anybody that has a personality disorder. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't picked up on mine. Well, I was not going to bring that up on the air, but <laughs> no. So you you don't you, yeah. Not that I not that I can think of. I generally weed those people out of my life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I'll tell you, they're hectic. I mean, they just are. It's it's chaos. Yeah. And they'll it'll usually be surrounded by intense confusion, and you're going to be saying things like in your head, like "What is going on?" or "This is insane," or "I know that you know." I mean, it's it's real, yeah. real chaos, and it's very frustrating. But that's about all you can do is have some red flags, which is why I think as a part of a separation agreement and really chaotic relationships, that assessment is so important. Mm -hmm. Because if there is a personality disorder, it needs to be dealt with. But just know if that's the case, and for this guy who submitted the questions, he gets it. He knows this isn't easy. And it's not going to be easy. But make sure that a professional is the one diagnosing, and that a professional is giving them a treatment plan. Yeah. So so sticking with that plan. Especially with, yeah, especially with bipolar, there, there needs to be medicine involved because there's definite chemical, biological things that are uh, a part of that kind of a bipolar diagnosis, yeah. and that you can only address that with medicine. So please don't, you know... I don't know how many people I'm going to offend with this statement, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyways. Just, just don't be a Bible thumper about this issue with personality disorders. You know, God uses the medical community and doctors to come up with things that can help people. And so medicine is not of the devil. It's okay. There's no shame. Right. I take medicine for ADD. It has been extraordinarily helpful for me in my life. Now, typically, it can't be just a medical medicine treatment. Like you don't just want to pop a pill. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, like with a thyroid disorder, it really is just about popping a pill because you have a thyroid disorder, and mm-hmm. the medicine's going to help get rid of that. Yeah, and you're going to feel a thousand times better. And you know, but most often, you want the treatment plan is going to involve some form of medicine and therapy. So yeah, you you definitely want to make sure you're you're doing something that is going to have both of those things because mm-hmm. it's not going to be very effective, especially with bipolar. Unfortunately, with that kind of a diagnosis, their coping mechanisms, their thinking patterns, their cognitive stuff has been so messed up for so long that they really need help identifying where their thinking is way off. Right. And and that's okay. So mm-hmm. medicine and counseling is very, very helpful, and they need to stick to the treatment plan. But here's the deal for him. For the guy. He actually gave his name, but I'm not using it because I just feel like I shouldn't, yeah. even though he gave it. So just know, folks, if you give your name. There's a possibility. Yeah, it can happen. I guess you could give your name and then say, don't use my name. But Yeah, that's true. But I wouldn't recommend that Yeah, because <laughs> I forget stuff. So for this guy, one of the things that you're going to have to realize is that you need to allow God and others to help your wife. So... Your job, his job, is to be loving and supportive. But where you'll get in a lot of trouble is if you're trying to control the outcome or control the plan or control whatever, and you you, you got to release your spouse 
to to Christ and to the doctors and to the counselor and to the mentor and allow them to work on your spouse. You just be kind, loving, patient, supportive. Yeah. That's his main role. And it's got to be a hard kind of line to find sometimes when you feel like the supportive thing to do is to help enforce the treatment um, plan. The treat, yeah, like the treatment plan, and um, yeah, just find, just finding, man, I, that'd be tough. Well, how do you deal with Shauna's schizophrenia? Uh, well, it, I mean, it is tough, but every day it's a new person. Yeah, that's true. That'd be multiple personality disorder or disassociative disorder. Schizophrenia. Uh, she's got a lot of voices in her head. <laughs> Tell her to do things. Like, roses are red, violets are blue, I'm schizophrenic, and so am I. <laughs> really? You have that one in the bank. I, I do. You have that one in the vault. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I believe that's a, what about Bob? Yeah. Uh, a quote. <laughs> I think it is. That's incredible. So, for this gentleman and for anyone who has a spouse with a serious personality disorder or something of the kind, you got to hang in there. But you can set the appropriate boundaries. Right? So... Yeah. Abuse is not okay. For sure. Um, you know, I had a client whose wife was bipolar, and she was very sexually active with lots of other people. That's not okay. You don't get yeah. to be married to me and have sex with anyone you want. But she was also very abusive verbally to the kids. Mm-hmm. And that is also totally not yeah. okay. And he had to set some pretty intense boundaries. And um, that's appropriate. Right. That's totally fine to do that. And then make sure you, that one of your boundaries needs to be that they follow the treatment plan. So, for example, yeah, if, if a doctor's saying you need to be on this medicine and you need to be meeting once a week, well, you got to be on the medicine and meet once a week. That can be a boundary. Now, you can't enforce it, like, in the sense of it's, it, it. So, for example, they're separated, right? If if So if it if this was me, okay, I'll just maybe word it in this way. Mm-hmm. If this was my wife, my boundary would be, hey, you need to be seeing the doctor and be on the medicine that they've said. I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you what that is because right. I'm allowing the professional, the other person to do that. If she is not doing that, so if she's not going, if she's not, if she refuses the meds, then our separation isn't over. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's going to stay that way until she gets on the plan. Uh, the one lady I told you about, you know, one of the boundaries he had to set was she needed to go to an inpatient facility. Mm-hmm. Flat out, she needed some yeah. very real help, and they were very wealthy, so they could afford it, which was great—a blessing for him. And so, one of the boundaries was, uh, you need to check yourself in, and if you don't, we're going to remain separated. You don't—you don't necessarily have to threaten divorce, because mm-hmm. folks, I mean, if it takes two years, it takes two years. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, right. I, I do know the, especially with someone with a personality disorder. Yeah, watch what happens when you file for divorce. That'll get even more insane. Now, it might come to that. And that was one of the boundaries. Like, if you don't go for, I think it was like a minimum of 60 days or something like that, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you cannot come back home. Is this the one that Sheen of, like, calling and saying? <laughs> calling me. Yeah, yeah. To prove you wrong. I'm Cussing me out. Check myself in. Yeah, to spite you, actually. Yeah, to spite you. Those are yeah. words. Yeah, to spite you. Because you're such a blankety blank, 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 blank. I'm going. I'm checking myself in. I'd never forget that call. So I went, wait a minute. I thought that's what I wanted. I don't know how she's punishing me with this, but I'm rolling with it. (laughs) Right. I'm like, and she ended up, I think, 
120 days or something like that, 180 days in there and, and really got to a good place. That's awesome. Yeah. It ended up being very healing. So that might, you know, it might be a very miserable boundary to try to keep hold, but you do have to stay strong on your, on your boundaries, which is why you want to be seeing someone who's a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, more than likely your pastor doesn't have a clue how to help with this. They can help you spiritually. They can help you by being an encouragement, by keeping you accountable. I mean, supportive. They can do a lot of things. But man, once you get into this personality realm, disorder realm, right? You need a professional. They're just not equipped for They're that. They're not. They're not. And, and it's not a criticism. They're not taught that in seminary. Yeah, and and hopefully your uh, your pastor and and your leadership of your church will recognize that and be like, yeah. hey, this isn't for us. If they don't, you need to switch churches because that's crazy. And I, I mean, because I, yeah. I get that a lot too. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to go even, yeah. I better not go down that road because I get so frustrated. Um, yeah. I mean, I have been professionally trained in these things, and I won't go those directions because yeah. I know that's not my field of expertise. Mm-hmm. Your marriage, your parenting, sure. Spiritual life, absolutely. feel very confident. In this stuff, I know I'm not appropriate. If I'm not appropriate, your pastor definitely isn't. So hang in there. Remember that abuse is not okay. Have a boundary to keep the treatment plan. And, you know, one of the things he talked about, Seth, was divorce. You know, his wife is convinced, which, again, feels very bipolar, that Mm -hmm. if they just divorce each other, then we can start over again with a clean slate. Um, that, That feels, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you remember, I think I've talked about this before, but there was a... You know, I had this couple, and so the wife's husband was a surgeon. So he's, you know, putting in 90 hours a week kind of thing constantly, right. never around, never helping with the kids. And her idea to help get his attention was to divorce him. So if I file for divorce, that'll finally get his attention, and then he'll come back home. No, hmm. it never works that way. <laughs> he said, adios. Right, that blew up in her face badly. So don't you never use divorce as a incentive mm-hmm. to get a healthy marriage. Yeah, I don't even know why I have to say that out loud. Well, it's 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 the relational equivalent of um, using like a nuke. Yeah, to, as, to incentivize. And thinking, this is going to help. <laughs> this is going to get their attention. Let's this destroy it. everything. Yeah, then we can finally be a have clean a clean slate. Yeah. <laughs> no. It'll be radioactive mm-hmm. and toxic for years to come. For a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Look how deep that metaphor just went for it us. Did. You did good. So to answer this guy's question, I agree with you. No, divorce isn't the best answer. Yeah. However, your wife obviously needs help, needs professional help. So I guess I would encourage him. And if he was sitting in front of me, I'd go, well, you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> This is, you know, I mean, it's yeah. hectic. It's chaotic. This is kind of what I'm talking about, right? Like who lands on, hey, divorce is the best thing we could do for our marriage. Mm-hmm. Someone who's really struggling with a serious issue. So I, I, I guess I wanted to validate you, sir, that you're right. Divorce is not necessarily the right way to go. Um, now, obviously, I've even helped couples that have reignited that flame even after a divorce. So yeah. I've told lots of people over the years, hey, because here's my deal about divorce. If your spouse is determined to divorce you, you need to let them divorce you. 
You can communicate, honey, I love you. My desire is that we reconcile. But if you're saying that you're unopened to doing that or that you have to have this divorce, I'm not going to stop it. So I'm going to sign the papers. I'm going to... I'm I'm not going to stop it. That's that's a huge mistake people make. Cuz I so don't want this divorce to happen. I'm going to refuse to engage in this divorce process and listen, in the United States of America, man, you can't stop it. All you're doing is costing you and your family a heck of a lot more money of lawyer fees yeah. because eventually they mm-hmm. will force it. The courts will give it whether you consent or not. Right. So there's no point in fighting it. Again, you can let them know, hey, I love you. And, I mean, I've told people plenty of times, and make sure they know that, just so you know, for me, this divorce doesn't have to be the final chapter of our story. Right. So keep your heart open, because maybe they will. Maybe maybe she will. Maybe for her, this will be a clean slate. I, it's not what I would recommend, but I don't know what God's going to do in her life, and I don't know if she's... She's actually getting help and getting on the mm-hmm. right meds. My friend who suffers from bipolar is finally, after 19 years, ex- accepting the diagnosis, and he's got one doctor who's getting him on the right meds, and for three months, he's been doing amazing. He's been awesome. significantly more stable, so it can help. It can mm-hmm. turn around. His wife told me, because um, they were here at our house before, and um, she's like, I just can't wait till I can breathe again. And so now I'm visiting their home and she's like i can breathe again there is hope Mm -hmm. but you got to hang in there and and then to kind of address this suicide thing i know that's very scary clearly when he says i fear that this quote-unquote solution will lead to her attempting suicide again unfortunately for bipolar suicide is definitely not an uncommon thing Mm -hmm. and suicide attempts but for this case sir and for anyone dealing with this um, your only responsibility is to do the right thing. You cannot base your actions or decisions on what your spouse may or may not do. Right. So, Which is super tough. Yeah, because he's basically, his fear is that if I allow her to divorce me, that may lead to her attempting suicide again. So you, you have no control over her. Right. So signing it, not signing it, is, I guess what I'm saying, irrelevant. I mean, it, you could sign it and she can attempt. You could not sign it and she can attempt. You have to know what is the right thing for me to do here. And I'm telling you, if your spouse is determined to divorce you, frankly, the right thing is to let them. I mean, it's going to be the most loving thing you can do is to allow them to do that. And whether now how she responds to that is uh, that's on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. That is not on his. So a lot of times, especially people with personality disorders, will control the other person through this crazy behavior. Because, well, I can't confront them because if I confront, all these bad things might happen. Right. It's kind of like, listen, whether or not these bad things happen, you have to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so the right thing for him could be telling her, look, I don't want this divorce, but I'm not going to refuse it either. Uh, the right thing for him is going to be never speak negatively about your wife to your daughter, ever. Yeah, it's never okay. Yeah, I've I've witnessed um, a fair amount of that from friends uh, whose parents just spew poison. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
they weren't they weren't divorced, but my um, my father's parents. Yeah. Um, because then you know divorce socially was right. even less acceptable. But like, uh, there was some tragedy that happened in in their life that kind of turned my um, grandmother's personality, and she like raised my dad to hate his dad. Yeah. And just would spew that poison. And yeah, it's and that ain't cool. Mm-mm. And so that is never an option. No matter how bad it gets, you have to you have to be the better person and. Frankly, that's what Christ demands, mm-hmm. right? If they're ugly to you, I want you to be loving back. And so it doesn't. Again, an abusive situation doesn't mean you stand there and take right. the shots. You they're out. You call the police. But in just bad behavior, you gotta suck it up. It stinks. It does. Yeah, it's not fun. But I, you really have no other option. And really, if so, for him to do the right thing is to be kind, to be patient. Don't force her to drop the divorce. Don't try to force her to move back in. You just let that happen as a res- you know, you, you let good things happen as a result of the good things you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be the light. And that's kind of the other thing that I tell people who have a spouse who's on this level, right, bipolar, narcissistic, sociopath, whatever, is they're probably going to have some level of custody, So you're going to have to get over that, even though you're terrified of what they're going to be saying to your kid and probably what they already are saying. Right. All I can say and encourage you is you be the light and your daughter will always be drawn to the light. So you cannot control what your spouse does. You have no control over that, but you do have control over what you do and how you respond. And over the years, I've had people that have had to hang in there. I've shared about a husband whose wife was evil and just destroyed his relationship with his daughters from with lies. And they, his daughters literally wanted nothing to do with him. And, and I was his pastor, and I told him for years, just keep reaching out. Just So he, the only thing he could do is write letters. Mm-hmm. And then I said, one day, your kids will start leaving that house because the evil wife got full custody. And they will, they'll, they'll know. They're just going to know, man, because right now they're in a cloud. And when they go right. off to college, they'll go, wait a minute. And lo and behold, his da- first daughter to leave for school, uh, within weeks of her semester, calls called him for the first time in five years. Oh, wow. And said, why did you abandon us? And he's like, what do I say? <laughs> I went, just validating. I'm so sorry. If you're willing, I will meet you anywhere. I'll drive there. I'll be- It doesn't. Yeah. And so they did, and she said, you didn't even write. He's like, what are you talking about? I didn't write. He's like, I, 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 I wrote you so many letters. And, of course, what's funny is crazy people are crazy. Mm-hmm. And so his crazy, evil wife actually saved every bit of correspondence he had sent his kids. Uh-uh. And he's like, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know. What she, your mother must not have given them to you. And so this girl went home for a weekend. Mom was out of the house. She went ripping through the home and found a uh, shoebox full of all the letters her dad had sent her over those five years and just broke, you know, weeping. And then one after another, they started coming back. So all you can do is be the light and be loving unconditionally, both to the hurtful spouse and clearly also to your kids. And they tend to come back to that. So there is hope. And, man, unfortunately, these kinds of things, it can be a long road. 
but just remember Christ is right there with you hurting and knows the hurt you're going through. Yeah, and man, this is like just one of the many things in life why it's so important to have a church community that you're involved in, uh, that you don't just attend on on, on a Sundays, given day of the week, yeah, yeah but like that you know intimately and you are known intimately uh, because there are going to be so many times where it's hard to see that hope. It's hard to see that future. Um, and you need those around you that, um, you know, aren't just saying hang in there, but are weeping with you when you need to weep. Um, and they're just a shoulder to cry on and uh, to just support and encourage uh, when you do need that. Yeah. Uh, it's it, It'll be the greatest thing you've ever done. For your life is to have an authentic community of fellow believers mm-hmm. who can encourage and support you because there's going to be nights where you want to hit back yeah and you you don't want to turn the other cheek and you don't want to do the right thing and that's where they get to step up and help mm-hmm. you and encourage you in those very dark times so sir i know you're hurting i know you're struggling but just just remember the legacy that we leave um on this earth is going to be how we treat others, and you can, you will, you, you will never lose obeying Christ's commands. So doing what yeah. He said, being forgiving, turning the other cheek, walking the extra mile, doing for others as you wish they were doing for you, you'll never lose. You cannot lose doing those things. It doesn't mean you won't suffer, but ultimately, your goal needs to be about Christ and not about your wife. Mm-hmm. So just be encouraged and. And know that he will bring you through. Yep. We don't know what that'll look like, but we do know that he keeps his promises. All right. Well, again, if you've enjoyed this podcast or if you're looking for some extra help, we have a bunch of links right here where you can download from any smart device our Reignite Your Marriage app, which gives you tools on how to communicate. And man, there's an eight question assessment you can take that predicts divorce 92% accurately. It's kind of crazy, but you want to know because it doesn't mean you have to divorce, but it just means if you don't change, you're probably going to end up there. So you know how we, we, we'd always talk about how our app is available on all these devices uh-huh. and all these stores, and then we always mock the Windows phone. We do. Um, it is officially being terminated. As no! A, yeah. Ha! Losers! <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> soon and very soon, we can remove that link from, yes. from our show notes. That's so When sad. I read that, I think it was two weeks ago, I started laughing and immediately <laughs> thought of you. <laughs> I win! Yeah. I am the winner in the Windows <laughs> failure. You can also at smalleyinstitute.com, you can sign up for our library of online courses that will give you access to literally... Dozens and dozens of hours of our best video content, all designed to help you build a better relationship. And Seth, if they like the show or even if they hate it, what can they do? You can let us know. You can go to iTunes and leave a review and just tell us what we're doing, good or bad. It helps uh, us know, kind of get a gauge of what's going on out there and helps other listeners find us. Yes, it does. Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll free at 888 565 6462.
are the specters that we had to see Yeah, I wanted to be the melody Above the noise, above the hurt I was young, not done Point out the colors of you I see them too, and boy, I like them I like them, I like them We went to fly to partake in all this hate We out here vibing we vibing, we vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.